Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. It is Tuesday, March 12th. This is Robin Schooling, your host for uh, Drive Through HR. My co-host, Mike Vanderwoord, is, um, you know, off doing work today, so he's not even joining us. So, so I'm going to be the solo host today, which will be perfectly fine because we have a guest with us um, that we are not going to run out of things to talk about. And um, very, very happy to welcome Chris Russell to the show. Hey, Chris. Hey, Robin. It's good to be here. I'm a first-time, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener, as they say. Ooh. There should be a prize for that or something. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Something. Yeah, we'll we'll just come up with a special, I don't know, media, you know, Twitter hashtag or something, maybe at the end of it. First-time first time caller. First-time guest. First-time long First-time time. guest. There we go. There we go. Well, um, so glad that that you're here, and I, I think we're going to have a really fascinating conversation about uh, really kind of all things recruiting, all things talent tech, and and um, you know we're going to talk recruitment marketing. I think we're going to go in a whole bunch of different directions. But before yeah. we launch into the conversation, um, let our listeners know a little bit about you. You've, you've got a really fascinating background. Take us. Take us through the story of Chris and, and, and bring us up to the present day, what you're, what you're working with. Awesome. Appreciate that. I, um, this is my 20th year in uh, what I call online recruiting, Robin. So I've been around for uh, quite a while. I started back in um, 1999 when I was working at a, um, a web design company, and uh, they asked us to build a site for a staffing firm. And that's where huh. I got the idea to start my own uh, job board out of that experience. And so uh, I live here in um, – Fairfield County, Connecticut. So I created a site called uh, FairfieldCountyJobs.com, a local <laughs> site uh, uh, for the area. And uh, I launched that in the summer of, uh, of the fall of 1999. And it kind of, uh, uh, it took off from there, basically. I, I uh, ended up building a 20-site local network focused on the Northeast, all with different county sites. Mm. Um, and uh, I ran that company for about 13 years um, before selling it around 2012. And uh, over that time, I just learned a lot about, you know, recruiting online and job descriptions and, and marketing and yep. and everything around attractors. Taught me a lot. I started doing some writing about uh, various aspects of uh, recruiting marketing and things like that. And uh, mm-hmm. just really got, got really got into the actual industry and just really loved it. Um, I, even before that, I wrote resumes for people on the side and things like that. So as a yep. mar- I've always been a marketer and um, whether it's marketing yourself or marketing a job or a company, that's really what I, uh, kind of my core skill is overall. Yeah. Um, You're a and, good wordsmith, uh, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's kind of where I got my nickname, which is the mad scientist of online recruiting. Um, <laughs> that's how Joe Stubblebine gave that to me. 
So it's always creating new things and uh, trying to, you know, try new stuff around a lot of experiments around uh, recruiting itself and, and trying different things. Um, and so after I sold that company, I started a company called Career Cloud, which is a, kind of a career okay. advice uh, media company. I ran there for a few years, tried some different things with some, uh, tried creating social resumes and creating uh, things called Jobs with Friends, all built on like APIs off Facebook and things like that. But uh-huh. turns out that Facebook shut all that functionality off, which kind of killed the uh, direction I was going in. And I uh, ended up yep. selling that business as well. Built it up to, had a pretty popular podcast on there called Career Cloud. Um, and had about 30,000 monthly visitors to that site, and, but ended up selling that off as well. And after I did that, I then, I then became a corporate recruiter. So I had always been writing about uh, recruiting and stuff like that. Never wanted to be accused of you know, not being a practitioner. So right. I went in, I became a, a corporate recruiter for a small software company and then for a, uh, for a cruise line as well here in Connecticut. And um, that gave me some additional experience as well. So I've kind of hit the uh, trifecta as far as I've been a job seeker, I've been a vendor, and I've been a recruiter in the space. So I think it's a yep. unique uh, career path I've been on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I think is interesting? You know, man, think back about 1999. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. And yeah. um, what what's fascinating to me when I, when I take my mind back to those days, that building that was for governmental entities, too who are not exactly known for their forward thinking, you know, really in oh, yeah. much of anything, let alone on, on the recruiting side. Yep. Um, I actually so work with, pretty, um, uh, I work with the state of Connecticut now, actually, I help them with their, uh, some of their social recruiting channels. Huh. Um, and, huh. uh, they just got their first ATS in place just uh, last year. So uh, huh. they're finally yeah. getting into the digital age. So I'm, I'm helping them with that. So it's been, yeah. that's been a fun experience too. It's always um, it's always interesting to me because people people some people the people that that roll around in the you know kind of HR tech recruiting tech world um, never seem to believe me when I tell them that there are a lot of especially small mid sized but municipalities as well organizations that are not using technology on the hr side or the recruiting mm-hmm. side, not using technology uh it's they it's like their mind is blown what do you mean how can they not everything's so inexpensive you get something inexpensive whatever mm-hmm. and and I, I know lots of folks um again small medium-sized businesses especially but some the size would surprise folks too um who use you know their their ats <laughs> is a spreadsheet and yeah. you know, outlook Type yep. of thing, and that exists a lot still. You'd be surprised how often that happens. I, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I, there's still companies online that have their job postings out there as PDF files. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's mind-boggling the number of organizations that do that. And, you know, it's it's in some ways it's not their fault because they're not technologists. But the problem is that the recruiting profession is getting much more uh, technically technically challenging these days for companies because. You yeah. really have to leverage technology in order to recruit effectively today. And uh, yeah. a lot of these organizations just haven't kept up with the times. They haven't edu- re-educated themselves. And I, yeah. I tell every recruiter I meet today, you got to be digital savvy is kind of the, one of the top things you have to, to, to be as a recruiter today to make yourself effective. You have to learn yeah. technology. You have to leverage it uh, and to be able to connect with candidates out there in, in all forms. So. And I know, you know, one of the things that you do uh, quite a bit of is – 
um, that education piece for recruiters. Yeah. You do webinars. You 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 put content together. You're constantly sharing information around not just recruiting practices, but especially around recruiting tech. When you when you work to educate recruiters about mm-hmm. their use of technology, what are what are what are some of the key things that you're telling them now that they should pay attention to? Whether that be a, a tool, whether the, you know specific type of tool, whether that be automation, whatever. Mm-hmm. What what do you focus on? Well, uh, first I'd say you know, I tell them to uh, don't go overboard with things. You got to take it kind of uh, slowly a little bit, right? Um, don't don't over overstretch yourself as far as bringing on all, too much tech technology overall. Start yeah. small and kind of build up from there is kind of my general rule, right? Um, you know, if you're bringing in a new ATS, you definitely want to do things like you know get the uh, the team involved as much as possible. Um, I've mm-hmm. heard too many stories of you know, companies bringing in ATS and not even telling the recruiting department that they're doing it. <laughs> Um, which causes a whole slew of problems. Um, but um, having some kind of champion at your company that will help drive the adoption of that product is, is really important when you're bringing on a new piece of recruiting technology, whether it's a chatbot or ATS or, or a CRM, yeah. whatever it is. You really have to have that internal champion to push it through, uh, you know, get, get over the goal line, essentially, to, uh, yeah. to make it work. It, it takes time. It takes effort. There's no, there's no shortcuts around this stuff. Uh, people will complain, but you really have to um, educate them as well. So it's important to, you know, get your recruiting team involved early and often as far yeah. as um, what they can expect, what's going to change, how they, you know, get, get their feedback as well. It's important to let, to hear from your actual recruiters on the front line um, mm-hmm. who are going to be using the technology overall. And if you're not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, upfront with them, they're going to basically, they're going to push back and it's going to make your job harder and it's going to, push that, that adoption of technology to more of a, a critical stage where it might to be used properly. So those are some of the uh, kind yeah. of the overarching things uh, I like to tell them overall. Yeah. Well, and I think too, mm. you know, and this certainly depends on the the size of the organization or the culture of the organization, but um, I, I've had occasions where I've been in, in smaller organizations and we were bringing in a new um piece of technology, and, and, and it, yes, ATS-wise, uh, kind of went through the same process once with some performance management software where, yeah, there there's the end users, the recruiters who are the end users, um, but there's also, if you have the opportunity, bring in the hiring manager end users as well um, mm. because those hiring managers, uh, you know, more often than not, if you're if you're fully using your ATS, for example, your hiring managers are in that system just as not as much, but are certainly in that system. Depending upon what their role is, they may be in there capturing notes or dispositioning candidates or whatever it may be. And so, I found um, I'm thinking of one organization in particular where um, I knew we needed to make a change and kind of had it on a long term goal to change the ATS mm-hmm. um, and to kind of get that buy-in wasn't just from the rest of the HR team or senior leadership who were signing the check, but the hiring managers who were in that system all the time and talking mm-hmm. to them, um, what their experiences was like, what they wished they had. And they didn't necessarily care about the behind-the-scenes, you know, what are we tracking, what are we looking at <laughs> type of thing yep. from the from the HR recruiting side, but they um, 
you know, because change was difficult for them too, but getting them on board early on with, hey, yeah, we would really like to be able to do X in a new ATS, um, that helped as well. Kind of all those end users, I think. Totally, totally. Yeah. I think uh, it's another another important thing to I, I like to preach a lot is about you know uh, converting the applicant funnel in, in an efficient way. Uh, and yeah. Companies have gotten a lot of lot, companies have gotten a lot better at that over the last couple of years, but there's still kind of um, there's still too many long apply processes out there uh, yes. on various different uh, company career sites, and it just it pained me to see that because they're definitely <laughs> losing out on on candidates overall. You know, um, I just hate to see. I, I, inefficiency like that still happening today in you know, yeah. 2019 there's so much yeah. good technology out there now whether it's you know things like uh, probably one of my favorite ATSs now is like a greenhouse which does a really good job of yeah uh, they put the whole apply process essentially at the bottom of the, of the job description and they start it right there um, yep. and they make it easy for you instead of having to create a, a log on and all that stuff I mean that's just those are all barriers to yeah. uh, to getting applies yep. and um, if you're hurting for applies today which most companies are it's in your best interest to really streamline that and yeah. uh, get those chances we're, as far as, uh, as possible. We're a, we're a greenhouse user at the, at my company and I, Oh, great. I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. They've done um, one of the best jobs yeah. I've seen you know, of a uh, ATS just starting out new. I mean, they started what, I think five years ago, something like that. They yeah, have like 3000 clients now and they're, they're doing a pretty good job of, uh, yeah. you know, uh, marketing and that's a good product as well. So that helps. I think the yeah the piece that 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 just sort of like wounds my soul is um, a, a, a lot of it. It's certainly the you know kind of the legacy, the legacy ATS folks yeah. that are out there where there's um, there's this whole cumbersome just the way that they have the product built. There's just this whole cumbersome. You know, well, build a profile first, which and your profile <laughs> takes you forever to build, and only once your profile is built can you go in and then apply for right. this job or, or or whatever. And it just the fact just to get registered <laughs> to have the privilege of applying for the job is yeah. uh, you know ridiculous. And and yeah, exactly. You know, you what the system should the drop the system should do is just it should just uh, it should let you apply. And then it should create a, it should create a uh, account for you automatically and just send you a random password, yeah. which then you can go later yeah. back and change, right? You know, a lot of software yeah. companies do that now, and it's it, something as simple as that would be just a huge uh, improvement over um, some of these, you know, these registration processes. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but it is changing for the better, and uh, it's slowly but surely we're turning the uh, the ship, I think. Uh, yeah. With these, maybe with some of these deployers. So. Now, one yeah. of the you know one of the um, Again, another another topic that you have focused on for for mm. years, um, you know, is really much more front of mind for people now, and that's um, recruitment marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some what are some um, some trends? What are some changes that you've seen um, in recruitment marketing um, for employers? Um, you know, we certainly have a, a, a whole Castle of of vendors out in the ecosystem, you know, with with CRMs and you know all mm-hmm. these sorts of tools and things that folks can use. But you know, what's how has that shifted? How is that? Why has that risen kind of to the forefront for for TA professionals? Yeah, I think it, the reason why is because that the the system of record, the ATS, has done a 
extremely poor job of helping them market these jobs. And that combined with mm-hmm. the, uh, the tight talent market we're in today has really driven a lot of this new uh, CRM functionality that we're seeing. That's why companies like Javite are buying, you know, telemetry and uh, I think Workday just invested yeah, in yeah. Um, Beamery, um, for example. $50 and so billion dollars or whatever it was. <laughs> yep. The job, yeah, the job like $200 million to basically uh, buy three companies and uh, revamp themselves into, uh, you know, a full-featured ATS. And to me, the yeah. ATS has to have that piece in there because today it's such a hard job. Every company has to basically try and differentiate themselves online. And if, you, if you're not using, you know, recruiting marketing techniques to do that, then you're just lost in the sea of other jobs uh, out there, right? Yeah. You got to tell people why you're different. You got to push that message out there and try to attract yeah. them to you, you know, become a more of a, a magnet, really. Um, and that's difficult for a lot of them to do. You know, it's something that uh, takes um, takes marketing skill overall. Um, but um, yeah. it's, it's something that uh, it, it has to happen now in, uh, in TA departments. Um, yeah. I think that, I think I tell employers to look at themselves, as, think of themselves as career newsrooms, right? Uh, you should be a promoter of what's happening in your organization, right? Whether that's, you know, welcoming a new hire on social media with a quick pick, um, whether it's um, doing, uh, I just saw um, uh, Qualtrics do a good job on their career blog. They do, um, they ask their employees to write a, a blog about why, why I work here. It's called Why Qualtrics. Mm-hmm. I just happened to see this the other day uh, that um, I think Tim Sacker pointed out. Um, and so, you know, things, little things like that, it's, it's easy content to get, just ask your employees. Um, I'm sure yeah. more, more, many of them will be happy to, to write about, uh, you know, why they like working there, you know, life at your company, just showing that off in pictures or videos uh, is such a huge yeah. thing now, especially with the millennials and the Gen Z's of the world. I've heard that, you know, Instagram is kind of their visual glass door, if you will. Um, yes. So yes. If, you, if you're attracting that type of candidate and you should be on Instagram and, um, and showing off life at your company and being transparent. Um, that's yeah. also hard for some companies. They're still afraid of that, but um, the, uh, the forward thinking ones are, are doing that today. And it's really helping to, uh, you know, to build their employer brand and, and uh, get their jobs out there. So interesting stuff. Well, and it's happening, it's happening anyway, and it has been for a long time, whether the company yeah. gets involved or not. So they might yep. as well, be right in the mix and right. And you might as well take part, part of in, in, in the messaging and help yeah. help craft that you know that that view of yourself, right? Even though yeah. it might be hard and it may not be pay off right away, you really have to, I think, take a long term approach and and uh, and help craft the own, craft the message out there that's already being talked about. You're already being you know talked about in the market, whether it's on Glassdoor or places like that. And so, yeah. uh, pushing out your own content and talking about yourself a bit is a way to help you know uh, counteract that. If there's other, you know, other kind of messaging out there, as a way to counteract that and add to the conversation um, yeah. about, uh, you know, from your perspective as, a, as an employer. So, and I think, you know, you you made the the point, and I think this is so, this is so true. Um, in that employers, um, I'm going to paint with a very broad brush, but um, employers, um, <laughs> especially when it's, um, you know, recruit recruiters. Um, Recruiters get it. Um, HR people, if if we're going to separate the two into two sides of the coin, um, tend to be a little more um, recalcitrant and afraid to to um, to be it, be transparent. And then if you have to layer in a corporate attorney or something, that makes it even harder. Oh, yeah. But I think um, 
I don't know. And, and, and it certainly it, it depends on the company culture, and it certainly depends mm. on, on how you want to address these things. But we, um, you know, I'm going to tell a little tale outside of school, but it's public, so mm. who cares? Um, we had uh, a can a couple of weeks ago at, at my organization. We're small. We have we're a uh, HR and recruiting consulting firm, right? And mm-hmm. so we um, we had a candidate um, who it actually ended up not being a candidate. I think it was a friend or relative of a candidate. But we had an individual came to our Facebook page, our company Facebook page, and posted a you know I'm very dissatisfied. This was a horrible process that I went through, you know, hmm. um, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. Well, again, this person does not exist that posted it in our database, <laughs> but through kind of assumptions and kind of gathering some facts, I think it's a friend or relative of somebody who was probably, you know, quite possibly not hired or is still in the process, but who didn't have a good experience. And so, there was some valuable information there that we took and observed and looked internally to say, hey, what happened? Where was the disconnect? Um, and, you know, and and yes, okay, overall it drives our Facebook page score down, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who cares? The five stars, whatever. But we we believe it's very important to keep that up there. So we kept it up there, and we addressed it publicly. You know, we're sorry mm-hmm. to hear that. You know, please reach out and contact. You know, we we can't find you as a candidate, but if it's this related to somebody else, please contact us. And, and you know, okay, does that is every company going to do that? No, some will go in. Oh my God, take that down. Well, you know, we learned from it. It helped us kind of dive into things internally, um, make a tweak, examine something based on what mm-hmm. we can figure out. Um, but we also left it up there because it is, you know. It's a it's a fixable, solvable thing. It was one person, um, but we we have no problem with being transparent. So yeah. you know that's but that's hard for a lot of other a lot of other organizations to kind of um, kind of get at. Um, yeah. Before we move on, on on to kind of a flow off question of that, let me just mm-hmm. take a moment to reset. We've got about my gosh, only about ten minutes left in the show. Um, anybody joining us? We're talking with Chris Russell, um, the mad scientist of recruiting from RecTech Media, <laughs> and uh, thanks to our sponsor Q Inc., um, uh, who sponsors Drive Through HR. But um, let's keep the conversation going. So, so um, you know, one of the things Chris we, we've kind of alluded to um, is you know that that transparency or kind of that. Um, you know, how are you dealing with with applicants, taking them through the ATS and that sort of thing? Uh, well, at the end of the process, at the end of that recruiting relationship, somebody's either hired or they're not. Right. Rejecting candidates, um, nobody likes to do it. <laughs> We've automated it. Um, depending on volume, we may not even get personal with it. Um, but it's still such a critical piece of the process. What what are some changes around, um, you know, how we handle rejections of candidates? I, I, I know there's some things you've been working on with that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I think that uh, you're right. A lot of companies don't pay attention to that rejection email. And to me, that's your, that's your last chance of the company to make a good impression with the candidate. And I think that by doing that, you really help to uh, to offset that that negative experience they may have had, 
and just to build a little goodwill inside the uh, the candidate uh, his mind uh, overall, and kind of give maybe give back to him a little bit. You know, for instance, um, uh, Virgin Atlantic is famous for uh, sending out voucher flight vouchers to uh, yeah. save on some flights in their rejection emails, which I thought was a great story to maybe to to look at that. Right, it's a chance to actually uh, get a customer out of uh, the uh, yeah. uh, the candidate. You can hire them. Maybe there'll be a customer as well. And so they, they drove a lot of ROI through that, that campaign like that. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about that Canada experience uh, the last year or so. I, in fact, I launched something called Rejobify, Rejobify.com, which basically uh, allows the employer to uh, put links in there that invite them to a page on Rejobify and that uh, the candidate can sign up for a job search course written by some career coach friends of mine, uh, hmm. people like uh, Hannah Morgan, the career Sherpa, uh, uh-huh. Lisa Rangel, who made resumes. Yeah. Uh, Mark Anthony Dyson you know, contributed to it. So they get a seven day, uh, seven, it's a seven day course via email every day for seven days. They get a piece of content written by myself and some of those coaches I mentioned. And then we also give them some links to places like uh, some free downloads from uh, Canadian resumes on some prep sheets, interview prep sheets, LinkedIn tip sheets, things like that. We're trying to help them become better job seekers overall. Right. Yeah. And so that yeah. employer can embed that offer inside of their rejection email, which basically allows the candidate to, not delete that email. They, they save it. They click the links. They come. They learn uh, uh, about how to be a better job seeker through the course, or they use some of the tools we have on there as well for finding other work uh, through some of the partners that we have. And so I'm trying to get employers to think about that rejection process overall. I've got one client yeah. now, a company out of the Midwest. They run a bunch of eye care centers. So they, they put it in place, and they actually also put a coupon code in uh, for their uh, for their opt- optician center so you can get to uh, a discount on some glasses overall. Huh. So that's part of the offer as well um, inside of their rejection email templates. Uh, so I think it's a really good thing to do from uh, just the candidate experience standpoint and, and leave yeah. a good last impression with these guys, because why not do that? I mean, it's, it's a win-win, even though you can't hire yep. them, you can do something to help them find other work yep. and, uh, you know, continue their journey as they go throughout their career. So um, that's uh, something I'm working on these days. And you know that, you know, that uh, everybody can hear that and say, oh, well, that makes total sense because, you know, oh, it's it's an airline, it's a, it's an eye doctor, it's a, mm-hmm. a consumer-driven business. But it doesn't just have to be a consumer-driven business. It could be the no. engineering firm down the street that, um, again, if, if I don't hire Joe um, and I reject him but I give him some takeaway – Joe is still going to think favorably about my organization, and he may mm-hmm. have people in his network that he's going to refer to me. And that's, exactly. you know, that's the whole piece of that. You know, <clears throat> speaking of that, kind of in a in a related way, thinking about referrals and um, employee referrals, internal mobility, kind of that piece of it. You know, we mm-hmm. alluded a little bit to the whole job bite, you know, buy up. Um, you know, because one of the one of the uh, one of the companies that they that they brought into the fold with that was Rollpoint, that focuses, of course, on internal mobility and and kind of mining, you know, the the applicants, if you will, that you already have. Yeah. Um, how 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 are you seeing things change, if at all, with um, recruiters looking internally, whether that be internal mobility, whether that be different ways of, of dealing with employee referrals, kind of those two areas. Yeah. I, uh, I did a, 
I did a podcast interview with a guy named Mike Brown. Um, and I think, I think the name of his company was, he's in Boston. He's not there anymore, but I think it was called Shift maybe. And he did a great, I did a podcast with him on his referral uh, initiatives inside that company. I think it was about a 150 person software company. Um, and I thought he did a great job of pushing the internal mobility overall, you know, from everything from like, they would have uh, 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 monitors across the office uh, in various places with um, displaying the, uh, you know, the jobs that are available. Um, they really mm. pushed, they really put a marketing effort internally mm-hmm. around the actual, uh, the jobs that they're looking for. And so mm-hmm. um, I did, a, I did a, you can go look at it on uh, RecTech, the podcast from, I think it's from 2017, maybe. Uh, but he did a great job of just internalizing that from a marketing standpoint. And pushing it out there, whether it's through the, uh, the billboards in, internally, whether it's through uh, email. I think uh, they also did, um, when a new employee came in, they would go through his, um, they would sit down and they'd go through his like LinkedIn uh, connections uh-huh. and just look at, look at the actual jobs they had open and see if that person knew anybody. So they set, you know, like an hour, an hour for that guy to go in there and sit down with the recruiter and actually go look and see who, do, who else do you know who he can hire, right? So that was part of the process yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Little things like that just make a huge difference, and they don't cost anything, which is also great, right? Um, if you really right. take that kind of mindset, you can really make a big difference in your referrals. I think by uh, just increasing the overall marketing presence inside your organization, for with your email, with you know signs, things like that overall. So that's yep. some of the, uh, yep. the the things I've been seeing. And there was a whole whole new slew of technology coming out. Whether it's Roll Point, there's one called a Roy Coy. Uh, it's called, uh, I think it's R-O-I-K-O-I out of Austin. Huh. Um, and they, they've been doing some uh, interesting things there where basically they will suck in all your, all your employees' contacts and uh, help you match up jobs against those people. Very cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of good uh, you know, companies coming out now with uh, different ways to tackle this stuff. So. Yep, yep. Well, we, um, believe it or not, we are just about at the end of the show. So, well, um before before the uh, blog talk radio lady um, kicks us off, um, <laughs> we got about fifteen seconds. Chris, let let everybody know where they can find you. What what channels, yeah. websites? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn at Chris Russell and uh, RecTechMedia.com. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a pleasure, and um, have a great week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.